Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kids' try? Is your current idea of self-care closing the door when you pee? If the only chance you have for exercise is the squats you do when you pick up your kids' Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne. And I'm Jess. And this is Mama Mama Bites. Bites. especially my mamas who are breastfeeding out there right now. You might have your earbuds in. It might be the middle of the night. It's really early this morning here. That's why I'm talking so softly. But uh, I was loud and clear when I was chatting with our guest today, and her name is Diane Cassidy, and you might already know her as the co-host of the Badass Breastfeeder podcast which you can find on all podcast platforms, all the same ones that um, you can hear Mama Bites. And she was so fabulous, so wonderful. And you're going to see why it really is pretty vital to have a lactation consultant in your village. She herself is out of Rochester, New York, and she is an IBCLC, which is stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. But you're going to find all about that in our uh, podcast and why that's so important to have that certification. She also has her bachelor's in maternal and child health and lactation. And she also has her master's in health and wellness and lactation. I didn't know you could do a master's in lactation. How cool is that? Uh, She's a certified childbirth educator and she has personally worked with women who have survived traumas, babies who are struggling with tongue tie, birth trauma, milk supply issues, attachment, latch issues. Boy, do I wish I had her around (laughs) when I was dealing with latch issues with both of my kids Um, and breastfeeding multiples. She personally has breastfed her twins um, and uh, she has three children that she's breastfed and she has three stepchildren as well. So Let's just say that this is a mom who has earned her stripes and knows a lot about what she's talking about. I hope you love this uh, podcast and I hope you find it comforting in the information that you need and maybe some helpful information to add to your village. Thanks, moms. Well, thank you, Diane, for being um, on the Mama Bites podcast. I'm so excited to have you as our lactation consultant uh who's who's going to answer all of my lactation consultant questions for this self-care from your postpartum yearbook so um this is awesome that uh that i get to talk to you thank you so much yeah this is great thank you for asking i was excited i was looking forward to it yeah absolutely i i found your uh your podcast with um abby thuring uh the badass breastfeeder podcast which is the best name podcast for sure (laughs) and I said well this is who I'm looking for I think to talk absolutely excellent so I'm gonna I'm gonna have you start us off with the most basic of information and and can you tell me what is a lactation consultant how would someone go about finding one um what should I be looking for in a lactation consultant well Lactation consultants, we kind of come, you know, in all shapes and sizes, obviously, and 
the bottom line, like a lactation consultant is an IBCLC. That's what our our designation is once after we pass our exam. Mm -hmm. And that that stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultants. And we have to go through a lot of rigorous activity to get to that point. Mm. Um, A lot of, you know, I have a lot of people that will reach out and be like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a lactation consultant. And then they look and see what's involved and they're like, oh boy, that's a lot of stuff. (laughs) You know, it's it's a lot of hours of education specific. It's a lot of clinical hours. um, And then you have, you know, this board exam to sit for. So you want to see those letters. You want to see IBCLC Mm -hmm. behind somebody's name. Because there are other designations. There's a certified lactation counselor, which is fantastic, mm. but it's a huge difference between an IBCLC. Oh. Um, there's also like a certified lactation educator, and they are trained to like teach classes. Um, they might, they probably have some basic stuff. Same with certified lactation counselors. They're really great with like talking with you and support, which everybody needs that. Um, but clinical help with latch problems and stuff like that would definitely be an IBCLC. Wow, okay. So when you're looking for one, you want to see that for sure. You want to see those letters. Um, There are lactation consultants in the hospital, Mm -hmm. and then there's private lactation consultants. So, you know, I always suggest that mamas should see somebody after they get home from the hospital. A lot of times I think they figure, oh, there's going to be somebody in the hospital. That's fine. But a lot of times the problems start to come once you get home and you're getting settled in and you know like the baby's a few days old your milk is coming in for sure and then you have questions you know you have questions that weren't there three days ago Mm -hmm. so it is good to have have one that you can you know to call to contact to ask questions because you know the ones from the hospital you can't just ring your call bell anymore and (laughs) have them come in and (laughs) answer your questions for you so that is is definitely you know have them available for you no one if you're pregnant know know where you can get one no build your village you know when you're pregnant and have them ready to go so that brings up a great point how would i go about finding one when i'm home when you're home sometimes they're in your pediatrician's office mm-hmm. so if moms are like some people interview pediatrician um, or go at least visit the office or maybe get referrals from friends. This is who I use for a pediatrician. I would start there. Do they have somebody in the office that can help you with your breastfeeding questions? Mm. Um, some of them will have one. If not, you can reach out to doula groups, mom groups, um, you know, like any kind of like mom group that you might be part of, whether it be online or if you're going in person to, you know, to a group gathering friends that have had other babies, I would ask them, did you use a lactation consultant? Who did you use or do you know one? Um, If you really are having trouble finding one, you can go on um, the website for IBCLC Mm -hmm. and they will, like you can put in your zip code and it'll tell you, you know, like some people you can contact and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, or United States Lactation Consultant Association, Hmm. that's another good one. They'll also, you can put your zip code in and they'll, you know, come up with a list. A place of people in your area that you can contact. Excellent. That's really helpful. I also really like how you you started with um, sort of connecting within the smaller circle and then going out because I feel like a lot of us, you know, we're we're home and we're all of a sudden we're running into an issue and I feel like 
now we're we're so programmed to sort of like go right to the internet and sort of like google it and find it versus like hmm who do i know that mm-hmm. might be able to attest to this person's style or what they actually do or whether they come to the house or i go to their you know just that whole thing especially that village I think, theme i think that's the best mm-hmm. and you know i will the majority of new clients that i get are from referral from somebody else mm-hmm. you know or mm-hmm. you know my friend used you or my sister or you know i was i'm on this mom's group on facebook and everybody mentions you mm. um and that that is wonderful because then they already know okay somebody else i know has used this person and what enjoyed it and was comfortable and was fine um i am always amazed when somebody says oh i just googled lactation consultant in my area and that you know you came up and I'm like first of all I don't think I would have had the wherewithal to google anything after having a baby (laughs) like my first night home there's no way I would have been like oh my gosh where do I you know like there's no way I would have been able to even think about doing that sure I give people all the credit in the world that do that Mm -hmm. but it is nice if you have other people that you know have had babies who can say this is who I think you know this is a good person if you had a doula they usually have a connection. Okay. That yeah. They can recommend too. That's great. That's great. Now, what type of types of issues do you feel like um, people need to reach out to a lactation consultant about? I think now you have your basic issues like latch problems mm-hmm. and you know painful latch things like that. Painful, painful nursing. Um, baby's not gaining weight. Well, mm-hmm. check, 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 check. Concerns <laughs> yeah. about your supply, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff is, you know, those are the big ones. Um, but I think if a mom, even if she is feeling like everything is going okay, I don't think it hurts to have somebody kind of come and look and assess things, answer questions because mm-hmm. there's always questions. Mm-hmm. How often should the baby eat? Mm-hmm. What should I expect in the early days? When should I wake them up? Should I not wake them up? Mm-hmm. New mothers are getting inundated with advice and information, and it's coming from all directions, plus they're in, inside family members, and it's really overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. So, and I also have had clients that come in, you know, the baby's several weeks old, and they're like, well, I thought everything was fine, or I thought it was going to get better. Mm-hmm. And now we're a month or so in and, you know, it's, of course, all of it can be helped, mm-hmm. but I don't want any mama to struggle, right. you know, for, you know, but when it's your first baby, what do you have to compare to? Right. You know, right. you just don't, you don't know. Right. Right. For sure. I, you know, I would sort of even, I, I love what you're saying about, um, you know, like, why not, why not make that contact right away? So yeah. it's so much easier to go back to a contact versus like to be in crisis or, uh, you know, whether people would even call it a crisis, but like, you know, in a dire situation or feeling like things just aren't working and feeling so much more vulnerable and then trying to find someone on top of that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I sort of personally like would say even that, you know, my, my daughter, um, with, with her, she, she looked like she had a good latch <laughs> and the only person she didn't fool was the lactation consultant. Cause I was, cause yeah. I, she was my first and they're like, well, well, is she nursing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> She's on. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she's got yeah, her mouth like, on me. You know. She looks like she's asleep to me <laughs> and I don't yeah. feel anything. And so it was the, you know, and it wasn't until the consultant like really looked and she's like, no, she's not, she's not nursing. It's <laughs> like, I don't think so. So even like the other folks who we often are connected with who um, are wonderful, our, our pediatricians, our docs, our, our nurses, um, you know, she fooled all of them. And it wasn't until the lactation consultant came in, she, 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 she clocked her, she spotted her. <laughs> That oh, yeah. not and it happens all the time and people are like oh i didn't realize that they weren't swallowing right or i didn't realize that she wasn't feeding well or i didn't realize that she you know like happens all the time i had one mom actually came to me because the baby wasn't taking bottles and she was getting ready to go back to work mm. and you know we you know the baby was really struggling with the bottle and her suck was really you know uncoordinated and she really wasn't able to do it She's like, but she breastfeeds great. And I'm like, okay, let's put her on the breast. And she, put her, and she breastfed horribly. Like, I mean, she got the milk. Yeah. But it was just like, I was like, is this how it always is? Yeah. Goes, yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't know it was to be any different. Right. So was like, wow. How do you know? Is, yeah. And, you know, if the babies gain weight, then the pediatricians are usually happy. Of course. Of and course. nobody questions sure. it. Sure. You know, it's nobody questions it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's an amazing story. And I think also a great sort of highlight, you know, I think for me, my bias was like, oh, well, everything's fine. You know, like it's okay. Now we're, now we're off and running at the beginning. Um, You know, it didn't, does it even occur to me when I'm going back to work or, or when I'm, when I'm thinking about weaning or, or it's been, you know, well-established for six to nine months and I'm running into this issue. Do I even think about calling consultant? Right. It sounds like this mom was really savvy, and she did. Um, but after after she had established what she thought was great breastfeeding, right? Exactly. I just thought it was normal for the baby to eat every hour. Right. You know, like it just was. But she didn't know the difference, and sure. I was like, you know what? Kudos to you right. for keeping this going and because well, a lot of people would have said this is too much. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, um, it is definitely. You know, there's. I'm finding that. Moms, when they're pregnant, don't do a lot of breastfeeding research. I mean, you have some that do, mm-hmm. or maybe you go to a class. But when I do my classes, I'll ask people, like, okay, is anybody doing any breastfeeding reading? And they're mm-hmm. all just kind of like, you know, crickets in the room. They're all just kind of looking at me. And I'm like, everybody's worried about getting the baby out, right? <laughs> thinking about the rest. And that's kind of what it comes down to. They figure, well, we'll deal with that after the baby comes. We're not going to worry about it before. And then here comes this baby, and they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much stuff. Like I think everybody's still kind of under this impression that you know this is just going to happen and it's going to be easy and you know the babies are going to nurse and there's not going to be a problem because it's natural. Yes. And this yeah. is you know it's kind of almost like a then it's a culture shock when it's not when it doesn't happen the way they people think it's going to. For sure. For sure. Um, absolutely. Yeah, my my um, I I went to the class <laughs> with my notebook and my pen, yeah. um, because I have an older sister who dealt with three raging cases of mastitis, and and uh, it was if I hadn't seen that, I didn't, I wouldn't have known. But I have to say that my the class I went to, um, I would say like sixty five percent of it was this is why you should breastfeed. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, that's oh gosh, why I'm here. Really? 
tell me the holds. Tell me what mastitis feels like. How do I know? You know, like, what is it? And I still felt like I walked away, like really not knowing so much. Um, and, and, and still, you know, struggled along the way, even though I was sort of like trying to educate myself, but again, so anxious, right? Like could yeah. not oh, relax yeah. into it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I remember that anxious feeling so like it was yesterday. Mm. It's so, it's so hard. It's so hard. So how does a consultation work? What would we expect if you came through our door to help rescue us and our babies? Well, and this is how I work. I can't speak for everybody, mm-hmm. but um, I come in with my scale and my little bag of tricks, which really isn't a bag of tricks, but <laughs> my scale and we will, you know, I talk to the mama if the baby's, you know, sleeping when I get there, mm-hmm. then we have a few more minutes to talk. And usually when I, I try to get a, as much information as I can prior to going to the house, mm-hmm. um, I ask a zillion questions, mm-hmm. just like, I have, there's, I have to know a million things. Mm-hmm. And then there's usually more after that, you mm-hmm. know, like I just have more questions and I really feel like knowing the history, there's so much there and so much of it plays into what's happening with these feedings. Mm-hmm. So you really, there's and that a lot of that just comes from experience, mm-hmm. you know, it just comes from the experience of doing this and seeing so many things that we know, okay, this, you know, a could lead to B. So I better ask about, you know, what happened prior to A. So it really is um, very, you get to know a lot about your families. Mm. And I usually go in, we'll chat a little bit if the baby's, you know, sleeping and kind of settled. The baby's raring to go when I get there, then, you know, we kind of like work with that. But we will weigh the baby when I get there. Usually, you know, just a diaper is ideal. Um, I always tell the moms, you know, we're just kind of using this as a, you know, just kind of like as a tool. Mm-hmm. It's not the weight that you're going to go by because obviously you're going to go by your pediatrician's weight, but this is just something we want to see. Mm-hmm. We want to see how the baby does the breast. So we're going to weigh the baby before the feeding and after the feeding. And that gives us a little bit of an idea hmm. if they're transferring milk well. Wow. You know, um, and it's not, obviously it's not an exact science, but it's a tool. It's sure. a tool that we use that can tell us, okay, this baby's doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, this baby's doing well. They're getting some milk or wow, there, we need to, you know, there's something going on here that they're not getting this milk. So we do that. Um, I definitely want to see how the mom positions, what she's already doing. So I don't come in and say, okay, you should put the baby here. Or you should put the baby doing this. You should put, I've always, I always want to know like, how are they, what have they been doing mm. up to now? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is happening in their place? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of moms will have a setup, you know, they'll have their spot, this is where they nurse, this yep. is, you know, like, this is where they go for this. This is where they nurse. They nurse here. There's the pillow. There's the chair, you know, they have their setup and we just kind of like go from there. You know, we, what, depending on what the problem is, mm-hmm. we just kind of like, I want to see the baby feeding. I want to see how the baby suck is. I want to see how their coordination is. I want to see how well they move the milk from the mom I want to see how the mom is feeling with it mm. there's so much to it you know mm-hmm. I mean we call it the mother baby dyad for a reason yeah. you know it's they have to be working together yeah. for this yeah. to, to be a relationship mm. wow wow it sounds so it's so involved you're just it, way more than people think yeah yeah people are like don't you just put the baby there <laughs> like, isn't that just, well 
it's only breastfeeding. <laughs> it's only breastfeeding. I know. I know. I'll say that in class sometimes. I'm like, I know there's somebody in this room that was like, why do I have to come to this class? Didn't I should just put the baby there? Usually, like a couple people look around and chuckle because it's like you know that that's what people are thinking. Sure, sure, of course. Yeah, of course. As my as my sister <laughs> sort of like cried out. Women have done this in the fields for generations. Why isn't this working? I know. It's hard because we don't live in villages anymore. We don't see anybody do it. We don't live in villages. Right. And Mm -hmm. the other thing that's happening, too, that I think gets overlooked quite a bit, is that our natural breastfeeding, babies are not born naturally anymore. Mm -hmm. And that plays a huge role Mm. into what's going on. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As we move further away from that process. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So you, I feel like you spoke to it a little bit, but how is a consultant trained differently? It sounds like it's very involved and you, you learn a lot before you're even out the door seeing moms. What, there's a reason why we can't ask our doctors or midwives exactly all of the same questions. Right. And I think that is another thing that's very um, misunderstood about lactation is how how deeply trained we are Mm -hmm. and this is like the only thing so for me like this is all I do Mm. is babies Mm -hmm. I just do babies and that is it Mm -hmm. like there's you know I when I trained to become a lactation consultant and this was I was working on my training it was like 13 years ago Mm -hmm. I was not a nurse and I'm still not a nurse but I was not a nurse, and the majority of your lactation consultants, at least here where I live, are nurses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, because they can work in labor and delivery, and they're working in you know mother baby, and then they can help with breastfeeding, and that's a, then they're getting their hours uh-huh. that way. You know, uh-huh. they're getting clinical hours that way, and then they can you know sit for the board exam. Um, I didn't have that luxury, mm-hmm. so I had to really search out those clinical hours, and I had to do like three times the amount of clinical hours that they'd had to do mm-hmm. because I wasn't a nurse. So mm-hmm. I had to make up for it in a different way. Got it. And that was probably the biggest blessing because I saw so much mm. and it made me confident, mm-hmm. you know, because you're walking into, this is a brand new mom with her baby. You can't just walk in there and spew some kind of information and just be like, you know, this is what you do and good luck. Sure. And yeah. They are counting on you to help them. Mm -hmm. And I can remember in the early days thinking, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to help this family? Mm -hmm. And the so the clinical work was really, really important. You're supposed to find, supposed to hook yourself up with a lactation consultant in your area and shadow them and get clinical experience from them. So I was lucky enough that I... I was able to get clinical experience in all areas of like hospital based and then like community. So I could see not just those first three days that's happening in the hospital, yeah. but everything that's happening after that as well. So that was really a great experience for me because now when a mom calls me, the baby's three months old and she says, I'm having trouble. I don't go, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with a three month old baby. Sure. Yeah. You know? Um, so we, our training is, is very, very specific. Doctors and midwives, they don't have the same, they don't get that training Mm -hmm. in school, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've talked and worked closely as colleagues with doctors and midwives who have said, we do not get this training (laughs) in school, you know, I'm not just like making that up, they really, they don't, they might touch on it, it might be an elective, it might be, 
you know, just, but it's not as in-depth as we get. Mm -hmm. So it is very different, and you can tell it's different when a mom will come to me and say, my doctor or the pediatrician said I must not have enough milk because the baby's not gaining well. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that isn't necessarily the problem. Mm -hmm. So... You know, if we're not going to look at all the issues, we can't just put out these blanket statements. And you really, any mom that is breastfeeding, I think really needs to connect with a lactation consultant just so that they are getting the right information. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't use, you know, pediatricians are wonderful. We need them. Mm-hmm. We need them for our babies and for to keep our babies healthy. And this is where we go to, you know, well child checks and all of those things. But it's the same in any any profession where there's specialties, you know, if your child has a broken leg, you're not going to bring them to the pediatrician. Mm-hmm. You might mm-hmm. call them, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. ultimately they're going to send you on somewhere else right. because they can't fix that for you. Right. So this, we really need to think of breastfeeding and babies as a very specific, you know, genre of, of information. Right. That's, that's a really good, good, <laughs> perspective that I hadn't even thought of I sort of think of like all the the phone calls I get when people say I'm like you know I'm struggling in this way or that way and I'll say like oh actually or or something that I get very often is um, people will call um, for me to see their teenager um, as an eating disorder specialist and I'll say like that is that is a really specific gift and training that I'm not trained in and I don't want to do the disservice of trying to do therapy with your teenager and not being adequately trained, even though I'm trained in all of the eating disorder stuff, which I realize is the worry that you're dealing with, that there, mm-hmm. th- th- these things are so specific and you do need a specialist. And yeah, you don't, you don't want somebody who just, who, who is doing their best, but only has that sort of like basic, like you said, they just touched on it um, for a very mm-hmm. short time in their education and this is important it's important stuff right and I don't it's I don't know it just gets me all fired up when people kind of like downgrade it as oh it's just you know it doesn't it's okay right right it's a it's a cushy extra right 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 you know it's just a little bonus thing that you were thinking of doing but you know if it doesn't work it's fine don't worry about it right And, and you know that could be something that that mom really 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 wanted for her and her baby for sure. And now she's not getting the help that she wanted to get. And I have had moms, you know, being really, really just, dis- that could break your relationship with your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. I've had that happen a lot mm-hmm. where moms were like, they didn't even help me. Yeah. Not feeling heard. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. Especially in yeah, that, in that time, right? Like everything. Yeah. Is urgent. You're, and it's feeding your child. Okay, so speaking of sort of that that sort of vulnerable state, um, really thinking about what can you tell me about the way that breastfeeding affects hormones and, and especially how that might affect our emotional experience or, or outlook at that time? Oh, my gosh. There's so much. <laughs> how long do it. we have? <laughs> I know. The hormones, like, ugh, it's so hard. You know, the, just the hormonal changes. I mean, you're going through so many hormonal changes, and breastfeeding is so hormonal. Mm. You know, there's so many, there's so much mm-hmm. that is linked together with that. And when things don't work, mm. or when you're perceiving that things don't work, mm-hmm. it is devastating. Yeah. And your hormones really do take a hit. You know, like it, it kind of, it, it really does 
affect how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the just everything is so emotional, and you know, oxytocin, which is you know, in the birth world, it's everybody's favorite hormone. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. you know that makes you feel good. It connects you. It bonds you. It's that love hormone. It is so so important in childbirth and in labor and in making that baby and in mm-hmm. you know feeding your baby. And when you feed your baby, that oxytocin is surging through your system. Mm-hmm. So there is so many hormonal things happening, and when that those feeds aren't going well, you really do just you know tap out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's discouraging, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why like if moms struggle with feedings and decide that they don't want to breastfeed, which is you know that's their choice. Mm-hmm. But I always worry if they just stop. Mm. You know, just just stop because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, your hormones yeah. are going to plummet. Yeah, yeah. And that can really put you into a place of like weaning depression. And we, we did an episode about that not, um, not too long ago on the podcast mm-hmm. because it's something nobody talks about. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about how connected the hormones are to everything mm-hmm. you're doing with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you did that episode. Yeah, because I I just feel like we're so focused on feeding the baby again, sort of like, of course, my, um, my sort of like soapbox issue is that we get so focused on, on taking care of our babies, which, you know, yes, (laughs) absolutely. Uh We need to do that, that we, we just forget that our bodies are going through this tremendous process and and we don't even, it doesn't even occur to us that we're going to have this really significant bump with things like weaning or, or just how things fluctuate for as long as we breastfeed. Right. Right. And I mean, cause your hormones, if you think about it, like, so when you're pregnant, you know, you've got these hormonal changes are crazy and then you have your baby and this, the altering of your hormones after delivering this baby is like nothing you will ever experience mm. hormonally. Mm-hmm. It is just a crazy hormonal shift and your body is like, you know, still working with that for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe we'll come up on six, eight weeks, 12 weeks, mm-hmm. and then we pop a birth control into the mix, right. which <laughs> alters it even more. And then, you know, sometimes moms go back to work and then that, sure. you know, then you're dealing with that kind of emotional piece. Yeah. So it really does just carry on in so many different ways the the emotional part of it and then you add in like the sleep deprivation and Mm -hmm. you know all of those other things Mm -hmm. that go with it and you are just really you know working really hard Mm. to keep everything even now what I never quite understood was how we got that six week mark you know, yes. like everybody's like, oh, you can start a birth control at six weeks. Yeah. You can go back to work at six weeks. You can start having you can sex start at six weeks. Sex at six weeks. <laughs> yes. You can, you know, like who, your hormones are kind of evened out then, but who, who made that rule? Yeah. Tell you me, know, tell like, me. I, I really, yeah. I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Who oh. That number? No, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> like, did we pick that number out of the air or what? Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just I, crazy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, that's I. Yeah, let me call me if you find out. <laughs> because I will. Makes, I will definitely have an episode about makes it. Makes zero sense. I always have wondered, like, is there some kind of research based on that? Yeah, yeah, or it's is it just kind of what we say. Yeah, it's interesting because I, 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 
I thought you were sort of like leading up to. And then I found out um, that I, I was talking to, to Lauren Smith Brody, who wrote the fifth trimester, which is going back to work. And she had this like whole thing about how 12 weeks was um, settled upon and why that's like the standard maternity leave, you know, like that they'll hold your job and blah, blah, blah. And so she had this sort of like whole thing that it started out as a, a negotiation um, all the way back on what FMLA was going to be. And the, the original uh, proposal was a year. <laughs> and we ended up with 12 weeks. And so I was thinking that there's some sort of like, you know, like number that somebody found six weeks or they did some sort of hormonal test. But it's it could be just as arbitrary as that. <laughs> I, I worry that it is. Absolutely. Mm. And the fact that there's so many, like it can't be that there's research behind the fact that all those things are evolved and back in place at that that moment. But when you are, you know, you're pregnant, first baby, I mean, you listen to that stuff. Of course. You're like, oh, well, you know, it's been six weeks. (laughs) I should be fine. (laughs) Right. I should be fine. I can go back to my workouts. I can go back. And then when you don't feel okay, you don't feel like you're ready to go then you wonder what is wrong with me exactly what is wrong with me that i am still so tired or i am still not feeling myself or i'm still you know don't feel up to going places yet or i'm still struggling with nursing right like that's that's still with well within the realm of figuring things out you know oh my goodness okay now I'm worked up with you. <laughs> I know. See, it gets me all fired up. We're all fired up. So um, just sort of talking about, uh, you know, what our listeners might be sort of like plugging their their earbuds in and, and sort of dealing with as they're listening to us. Like, what are some of the, the common maladies that you're that you deal with um, with your new moms or maybe even longer nursing moms? I have some like specific questions about specific things, but what are what are some of the things that you feel are are helpful for for most moms to kind of know on how to take care of themselves? Um, do you mean like how they can take care of themselves when breastfeeding, or if there's problems breastfeeding? Like, what are you? Is there anything specific that you're thinking? Um, those are both great. Um, I mean, I was sort of thinking of also like the specifics of like sore nipples and engorgement and uh, like yeah, you know yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of like yeah. and how to kind of well first of all education is key mm-hmm. to know what to do if those things happen mm-hmm. and one of the first things that I tell moms when I teach a class because a lot of times people ask about pain or if they did not have a class and they say to me you know how do I know that this latch is okay mm-hmm. we talk about the pain aspect mm-hmm. because the the rumor on the street is that breastfeeding is going to be painful and you just suck it up mm-hmm. until it's no longer painful and that's that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, what the truth behind that is is if the feeding is painful the entire time you're feeding mm-hmm. that is a red flag mm-hmm. if you latch the baby those first two weeks again hormonal changes and you know sensitivity and labor and delivery and all of that stuff course you're going to be a little bit tender and sensitive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but that should last for like 30 seconds maybe 60 seconds Mm -hmm. and then you should just feel the baby nursing the Mm -hmm, tug of the mm -hmm, feed mm -hmm. there should not be pain Mm -hmm. from day one Mm -hmm. but moms will often say this is painful and they'll hear 
you're breastfeeding, it's going to be painful. Mm. No, it should not. It shouldn't be painful for the duration of the feed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if moms are feeling that, I want them to remember that this should not be painful the whole time. Mm -hmm. That is definitely something that should not be happening. Mm. Do not get into that place where you're thinking, oh, it'll be better, it'll get better, it'll get better. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is really the first one. Pain is a sign that there is something going on. Mm. And we don't want that. Yes. Yes. Keeping in mind, too, that, like, the whole education, again, of knowing your baby is going to feed frequently. So mm-hmm. that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a helpful thing that will help to keep from that engorgement happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, just to relax as much as possible mm-hmm. and let others do for you, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is a really hard concept for our moms today. Yeah. So. Yeah. I could not agree more. For sure. For sure. That is very yeah. hard. If we could just, you know, go home, put your feet up, hang out with your baby, nurse your baby without those thoughts in your head that the baby's nursing too much or the baby's not nursing enough right? or why are they feeding again? Are they getting enough milk? Am I doing this right? Maybe I should get up and pump. Mm. Maybe I should be doing this. We're going to have all this company. I need to cook dinner. I need to, you know, do some laundry. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's supposed to be like relaxing feeding your baby and becoming that diet. Yeah. Please, moms, please mom, yeah. listen, listen to this. Not forever. It's not forever. No, it's no. just those first weeks yeah. of, you know, kind of getting used to things. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really important. That's a really important thing to remember oh. is to just get to know your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm sort of like the way you were rapid firing going into like am I this is the baby da, 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 da. I'm like oh my god this is like the soundtrack for my postpartum I know, I know so it. Hard. And just, there's so many personalities and I try to you know try to gauge what I'm saying to the person that I'm talking to mm-hmm. I don't know if that, that makes sense in my brain it might, might not make sense when I'm saying it out loud no but, no 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 absolutely yeah you know yeah. Like personality you do have those personalities that you know, moms are like, okay, yeah, I'm fine with just kind of like letting my partner do a lot of the work and, you know, whatever. And then you have those personalities that are like, I, I, I'm not good at sitting still. Yeah. I can't take a nap. I'm used to being on the go. Yeah. This is how I want to live my life yeah. just with yeah. my baby. And yeah. then that's going to be it. Yeah. And that is really tough to wrap your head around when life is not like that when you have a baby. Yeah. At least yeah. in the first weeks. For sure. For sure. Even, even for, you know, moms like that and sort of like, um, thinking about things like anxiety and, and whether we're talking about sort of like chronic anxiety or, you know, later when sort of PPA can be sort of (laughs) rearing its head, um, Mm -hmm. thinking about how often, um, moms who, who are struggling with anxiety, one of the ways that they've managed before was to be constantly moving and doing. And so much of breastfeeding is, is especially at first sitting very still and how how hard that is for some people to sort of like sit with and be with and allow other people to do versus like I'm gonna go in this 10 directions and not feel this as much exactly so hard so I definitely as soon as you said like thinking about who you're talking to very much so I think you're really speaking to an important piece here um yeah can I since I have a lactation consultant on the phone can you tell me what cabbage leaves have to do with engorgement i've got to know 
Um, not much. <laughs> so I, I really like evidence. Uh huh. And I'm really an evidence-based practitioner, and I really feel really strongly about that. Uh huh. Um, there isn't a whole lot of evidence to support the use of cabbage leaves. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they've done research with like you know, okay, let's use cabbage leaves for engorgement. Let's use ice packs. Let's use gel packs. Let's use, you know, like all the things. Yeah. And there really wasn't much difference. Interesting. You know, one thing, you know, a lot of times you say, you know, the ice packs were better. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the other, it really, of course, there's so many variables there. It's, it, I personally think, you know, there's not research to it. So, why not just put an ice pack there instead sure, of going sure. out and getting something completely different? <laughs> you know, cabbage. Yeah. Right. For sure. Smell like a salad and <laughs> it's not, you know. But it also kind of feels like that you do hear that a lot still. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes you'll even hear, I'll have moms tell me if they, you know, got that information from their, the, you know, triage nurse at their doctor's office, sure. whatever the OB. Yeah. And I'm like, you are calling your doctor's office for evidence-based information, sure. not for whatever aunt Sally. What your grandmother would have told you. Right, right yeah. exactly. Um, you can, you know, you can Google things about cabbage leaves, and a lot of stuff will come up about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been a long time since I did anything on cabbage leaves, but I looked at it again mm-hmm. um, and just recently, and um, you will get – Tons of stuff that says use cabbage leaves, use cabbage, use cabbage leaves, use cabbage leaves. But if you look at those sources, they're just all mom blogs, yeah, or yeah, yeah, parent yeah. pages, yeah, and you know, yeah. it's not coming from a place of education. It's coming from a place of experience, and that maybe somebody put that cold cabbage leaf there and felt like, oh, this feels good. Sure. But it doesn't make it the thing to go to. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So I, I want mom. You know what? If you use it and you swear by it then great sure if it's working for you and it makes you comfortable okay yeah but for me i'm going to give that evidence-based information because that's just kind of how i was taught yeah um you know that's great that's great it's funny because i was talking to um another ibclc um alia macrina about um dmer and she happened to sort of you know i asked her about um foods milk producing foods and and we were um talking about and she sort of used it as as an example about like um you know does lan you know lanolin help and etc and she kind of sort of like just kind of off the cuff she she said she addressed the sort of milk producing foods and she's like the one thing that we know is that moving milk produces milk and that it's really mm-hmm. you know not specific foods and and um you know it on the other side, if you think something works, it works. So, you know, as long as it's not bringing harm. Um, and she also said the thing about the lanolin, like, does it feel really good? Yes. You know, versus the evidence base. And so it's, it's so interesting to hear the people who really know their stuff, who are the most educated saying like, actually, <laughs> the evidence-based care, actually, <laughs> if it works for you, great. But like, there's no thing that says you have to make a salad on your boobs. <laughs> right, exactly. Fun. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of, yeah. 
Which, and I, I'm yeah. totally, it's funny because I say the same thing about like lanolin too, because mom's like, what should I use? And I'm like, well, what do you have, what have you used? Did you like it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then use it. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, that's, if you found it soothing, great. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have bet my entire mortgage on Apno to deal with, you know, like my oh, husband said. Oh, I know. That's a good one. He's yeah, like, this isn't one. covered by your insurance. I'm like, I don't care if it's a thousand dollars. You go get it right now. <laughs> I know. Oh. Uh, my my kingdom for Abno when I was nursing. <laughs> um, so we've touched a little bit. Um, I I don't know if you there's more that you'd want to say on increasing milk supply about about how we go about doing that, how we know if our babies are getting enough milk. I mean, the getting enough milk. I feel like that is one of those things that you can educate, 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 and it's still a mom is still going to have that sitting in her brain. Is your baby getting enough milk? Yeah, sure. And um, I I do remember that even from my kids. Mm. And, um, of course, we teach them, you know, if the babies are pooping and peeing, Mm -hmm. they're getting what they need. If it's coming in, it's going out. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it really kind of is the bottom line. And I remember my sister telling me that, and I was like, that's telling me nothing. That doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> that does not, I need something to go on here. You know, I need I a measure. Nothing. Right. So we, you know, let's face it, we live in a society where we measure everything. Right. They yeah. are looking at everything. Yeah. You know, you, you, they measure percentiles. Your baby, people will tell me all the time, oh yeah, I took my baby to the doctor and they're in this percentile. That tells me nothing. Yeah. Okay. I don't care what percentile <laughs> your baby is in. Because they could be in the 80th percentile and not be healthy. Sure, of course. That's height. Right. Right. Like, it just, it's crazy. So, for weight gain, like, of course, you know, getting your baby weighed, that's going to tell you, yes, if you want, if you're one of those moms who's really concerned about weight gain, you can just do weight checks at your pediatrician. Mm, mm -hmm. They'll do that. They're never going to tell you no. Mm -hmm. Just to kind of, like, make sure that you're on the right path. Um, if you are ever worried about, okay, I think it's my milk supply, I would definitely talk to a lactation consultant. Like, there is no doubt in my mind that you should talk to a lactation consultant about that because mm. it may not have anything to do with your milk supply and mm-hmm. more to do with how the baby's feeding. Okay. Or how the baby's feeding is what is damaging the milk supply. Interesting. Okay. So sure. we really need to look at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says, you know, I see these in Facebook groups and social media stuff all the time. Uh, my baby, you know, isn't gaining well, what should I eat to make my milk supply mm-hmm. increase? It's mm-hmm. like that has, you know, nothing to do with it Yeah, at all. Yeah. We need to know, we need to find out why the baby is not gaining. Yeah, We need to discover that first. Yeah, Is it truly a milk supply problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and rarely it is, you know, so we need to really, there needs to be a little bit of investigative stuff happening there. Yeah. So if a mom ever is concerned about her milk supply, definitely talk to a lactation consultant and make sure you're you're kind of you know covering all your bases with that. Because mm-hmm. it is, it's it's just like I mean, you're keeping a human alive. Like that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's you a know, lot of pressure. Just, yeah. You have to make sure that you know in your head you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the one feeding the baby. Is the baby getting what they need? Mm-hmm. So to have somebody who can actually sit with you and show you. Look at look at your baby swallowing. These are the swallows. This is how you want to see it. This is what you do. This is what a good feed looks like. Mm. You want to be able to recognize those things. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. 
how do I go about incorporating pumping into nursing? How do we start that process? Pumping into nursing. Mm -hmm. So if moms and babies are feeding fine in those first two weeks or so of life, Mm -hmm. I always tell moms don't pump at all. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're feeding fine, they're gaining weight, they're doing well, you're doing well, you're not having any trouble, you're not separated from each other, there's no issues, then do not worry about pumping Mm. for the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. And that is because you, you know, your body works on supply and demand, you know, like you were saying the other lactation consultant was saying too, like the milk, you know, you're, the baby's taking the milk, your body's making it. Mm-hmm. You're taking it, you're making it. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeding your baby every, you know, couple of hours all day long in those first two weeks of life, when your body is getting the message about milk supply, mm-hmm. which is happening in that first two weeks, mm-hmm. then you're telling your body, I need milk for two babies Mm -hmm. because you're feeding and pumping and you're feeding and pumping. And that is going to, that isn't going to encourage way more milk than what you need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let your body adjust to the baby's needs before we introduce anything else. Okay. Sometimes you're in a situation where you can't help it and you have to pump. Mm -hmm. And in those first couple of weeks and, you know, definitely work with somebody about that because you don't want it to be too much or too little you want to make sure that we're stimulating the supply the way we need to to keep things going for the baby. Mm. Um, if you, you know, are ready to start pumping to store milk away for going back to work or whatever the situation is, um, you said any time after the first couple weeks is fine, and you can really pump whenever you want to. Mm. Okay, interesting. I think that the idea that every mom has in their head is if they pump there's not going to be any milk for the baby. Yeah. But that's not the case. Mm. You know, your, your breasts are constantly making milk. Mm. They're never empty. And the pump does not take all the milk anyway. Hmm. So there's always milk left in the breast. And again, your body works on supply and demand. So if you pump and then you feed the baby, you're really just telling your body make more milk. Mm-hmm. And again, with hormones... Your baby is, you know, releasing those hormones with you when they latch mm-hmm. and telling your body, this is what we need. Mm-hmm. It's this like perfect system mm-hmm. that we doubt all the time. All the time. All the time. Nonstop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nonstop. Yeah. I th- and then sort of like flipping it, um, I know that, that you saw this as well, but um, I really wanted to make sure we got to this listener question of, you know, this was a mom whose um, baby spent 59 days in the NICU and she had been pumping exclusively and, and now she's trying to figure out how to incorporate nursing. And so it's sort of like this flip of the question. And do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, that it's hard, but it definitely mm-hmm. can be done. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely can be done. If she was, you know, exclusively pumping, you know, and her supply is good, then really we just need to from what I have always seen, we need to do more work to support mom Okay. You know, because she is used to being able to see everything that went into mm-hmm. her baby. And now we are reversing that whole thing. Sure. So we need to make sure that she always feels like the baby is getting what they need mm-hmm. and really encouraging that in her mm-hmm. because she can latch and feed the baby whenever she wants. Now that the baby's with her. Right. And I would see a lactation consultant just to verify that the feeds are going well Mm -hmm. so that she has that confidence of, 
okay, the baby did transfer some milk, the baby is, you know, doing well with the feedings, this is what I need to watch for, and she can feel good about that. Yeah. Because um, it is hard to go from seeing everything going into a baby to now we're just going to breastfeed and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. And that's a hard transition, but moms do it all the time and they do great at it. You just have to really like, you know, that's a whole mental game mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. feeling okay with it. But that breastfeeding piece is just so important. Yeah. And she did such an amazing job keeping her milk supply. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's that's hard to do under the stress of having a baby in the NICU. Oh my god, it's a really well, yeah. hard thing to do. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking in terms of just having support for mom in terms of going into that. You're mm-hmm. you're dealing with a crisis situation. You know, you're you've been in crisis for upwards of 59 days and, and sort of like what do you need in terms of feeling supported and that this that your baby is getting fed and getting yeah. the milk it needs yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and I deal with we have a, um, a really um, really really good NICU here um, so I deal with that quite a bit mm-hmm. and it is it's hard mm-hmm. it is hard mm-hmm. because you know moms are really just like I, I don't know like how will I know mm-hmm. how will I know it's okay mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everybody's, you kind of have it in your head that there's always going to be a problem because it was, you know, kind of always an issue in the NICU. Yeah, of course. Of course, mm-hmm. for sure. It's a hard, it's a really hard way to start, but the support is just, is key. And I give her all the credit in the world because she's doing amazing things. Yeah, that is amazing that she, she was able to do that. Mm-hmm. And how do we, when we're ready, whenever that is. What do we need to know about weaning? We need to know that it can't be done overnight. Mm. Mm-hmm. That is the big thing. Mm-hmm. It cannot just be stopped, mm-hmm. or at least it shouldn't be. Uh, and a lot of this depends on how you decide to go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you decide, okay, my goal is one year, and then I would like to wean. Mm-hmm. That is very different than letting your baby wean on their own. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. if you are just kind of weaning your baby, you have to really keep in mind that this isn't just about you. This mm-hmm. is also this is the only thing your baby has known since day one of his life. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge connection that we're taking away. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to foster that. Mm-hmm. And what I usually tell moms is they're so like you have to replace those feeds mm-hmm. with love and connectedness and bonding time because that's what it's about Mm -hmm. and if you just say no you know we're we're not feeding right now we need to replace that with something that they can grasp onto Mm -hmm. but your body for moms those hormonal changes can be serious yeah so we want to make sure that you're not just cutting it off Mm -hmm. that your body has time to adapt to the changes and that happens by that slow taking a little bit of the feeds away, taking a little bit of the feeds away. Mm. Um, if you stop quickly, you also have the risk of the physical discomforts of, you know, plugged ducts mm-hmm. and being so full and mm-hmm. leaking and mm-hmm. where's the milk going to go now? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can take your body a little bit of time sure. to kind of work it out. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Yeah. For sure. Wow. That's a great reminder. So I just have a, a, a couple more questions, if we can. Yeah. Um, so as a lactation consultant, what do you, what ways do you feel like you see moms struggling the most with self-care? What do you, what do you want moms to know 
and, and take seriously about self-care? I want them to take seriously the idea of self-care <laughs> and what it is. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You know, and we've, we did a, we did a podcast episode on a lot of these things that you're talking about, mm. but we did self-care like early in our podcast days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I remember Abby, you know, my partner saying is, shower is not self-care no. like that's a basic human need like we cannot say i had a shower today and say oh well you know amen yeah <laughs> this there is real things here yeah and we moms can really have a hard time putting themselves first anymore mm-hmm. so that is something you really need to we need to get past mm-hmm. and we need to find a village that helps us do that mm-hmm. um you know, finding a way to carve out that time for you is really important. And it can look as simple as I am going to read a chapter in this book once a day when my husband comes home or when my mom comes over or when, you know, whatever, and have some quiet time to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave and get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I am going to, you know, like whatever you're your thing looks like I'm gonna go get a pedicure mm-hmm. I, whatever it looks like for you mm-hmm. you know don't you should not feel guilty about having that mm-hmm. we put so much of ourselves into these babies mm-hmm. and we need to have something to kind of rejuvenate with yeah I love that I love the shower it is so hard it is and hard. you know I'm, I'm guilty of it too sure we all sure. are absolutely you know, we, all of us are, mm-hmm. but the self-care piece is really important. And just being kind to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's really hard. And I, I always tell moms, like, you know, social media, mm-hmm. stay out of Facebook groups. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that can be really damaging. Yeah. You know, it could be really damaging to have somebody else say, oh, I could never spend money on myself. Ugh. Everything I get is for the baby. Yeah. And then you go, oh, geez, yeah. I just bought myself a, you know, congratulations, you're in, you know, not pregnancy jeans anymore yeah, yeah, and I yeah, got myself yeah. a new pair and slurs yeah. or I got myself a really nice nursing bra yeah and then you feel guilty that you spent that money on yourself right right no right. do it right do it for sure you're worth it totally agree love that mm-hmm. our my favorite question is this one um if you could meet yourself at any point in your postpartum years or year um what advice or comfort would you want to offer that version of yourself oh um, oh my gosh, I was such a mess <laughs> when I had, I was such a mess when I had my kids. Yes. It was like, it was, it's hard to even think back yeah. on it, Yeah. you know, and I do because I mean, I'm in this every day. Yeah. Of course I, I do, um, I do think back on those days, but it was so hard mm-hmm. and I think I would, I would tell myself that, you know, to go easy on myself mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. to not expect so much mm-hmm. um, because there was a lot happening. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, one of the things that I see a lot and you probably see this too, is that nobody just has a baby, no. you know, no. nobody just has a baby. You have a baby and you're moving or you have a baby and you're starting a new job or you have a baby and there's a death in the family. There's always something. Sure. And I think to just kind of like, and I, that, that happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. we, my first one was born in North Carolina 
um, and we moved back to New York when he was about 10 days old. Oh, no. And that was, we were, I mean, we were literally packing a truck when he was like a week old, you know, like that and packing a house and running. I remember running, going around closing bank accounts, getting medical records, you know, with him in the carrier. And I was literally like five days postpartum. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're not like, I just, (laughs) no. It it was ridiculous. So, and I did not think anything differently. Of course. (laughs) And I was like horrified. I was a hot mess of hormones. Mm-hmm. I had no idea mm-hmm. that that was what was going on. Mm-hmm. Cried constantly. Mm-hmm. It was just awful. And so, so unhappy. Mm-hmm. So unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just, I wish somebody had just, you know, I don't know if I would have listened to them. Yep. <laughs> I wish if somebody could have just been like, you know, we just need to take a day at a time here. Yeah. And maybe somebody did say that. Yeah, I'm know, sure. But, yeah. You know, it, <laughs> We we need to just kind of like look at what we're doing, you know, look at all the things and just kind of like go easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's things aren't aren't perfect and mm-hmm. they're not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, it's a lot. And then I remember, remember thinking, well, the next baby, I'm going to relax <laughs> and mm-hmm. I am going to put my feet up mm-hmm. and I am just going to enjoy you know, recover. Mm-hmm. And it was twins. Oh, no, it was not. Yeah, it was twins. Two years after my first. Oh, my so God. there was no relaxing of any kind happening. Oh, anywhere. no. Um, I don't think I remembered you had twins. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. No, in, in terms of not remembering that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, yeah. No. yeah. But um, it's, you know, it, it's a lot a lot to do yes even to just have a baby yeah um, because you really do not expect and I think a lot of what I do in my consults is one of my degrees is maternal child health Uh and I think a lot of times what I what I do is spend my time talking to parents about normal newborn behavior Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. to expect Mm -hmm. what is happening what their baby's trying to tell them and you know what what is going on in their lives mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and how, how they, you know, adapting to that mm-hmm. um, because they have no idea. Yeah. No, you can, there is no way to prepare for that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Thank God you're doing that though. Thank goodness. Ugh. Yeah. It's so, and I feel like my heart aches for them. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I have a mom come in or, you know, and, and they're just like, it's like day three or day four, you know, of the baby's life or day five. And they're like, I can't put the baby down. Yeah. There's something wrong. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Nope. That's pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're a baby. Yep. <laughs> pretty normal. And, yeah. you know, and there's like, my mom said I wasn't like this when I came home. I slept mm. in that mm. the whole night when I came home. I'm like, your mom does not remember. No. Nope. <laughs> that was 30 years ago. You know, like, I, it is just, this is, people do not expect go home they you know it's like you're thinking okay i'm gonna go home i'm gonna put the baby in the bassinet (laughs) we're gonna feed him when he wakes up and change his diaper and they're gonna go back to sleep and we are gonna sit and enjoy our company yes have a nice dinner and watch netflix (laughs) right that is not happening (laughs) there may be netflix and there may be dinner at some point but that's about it right 
there'll be no relaxation. No, but it really, and I think, you know, when you go in there thinking that this is what it's going to be, yeah. it's it just is such a, oh my gosh, when it's not. So taking the time to kind of think back and go, okay, this is okay. Yeah. It's okay that it's a hot mess right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be a hot mess forever. Yeah. And if it wasn't a hot mess, I worry more about the people that I see that tell me everything is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I yeah. had a lot of difficulty in my first year, but my second, I, I just like very much in sort of like therapist, Buddhist, whatever, how do you want to couch it? Like beginner's mind with my daughter. And so I was actually, you know, I say over and over in this podcast, in the book and et cetera, is like the second one was the one that kicked my ass because I thought I had this. And, Mm -hmm. and he was just totally different and I thought I had it and I didn't because I didn't have two, you know, (laughs) like, and it was so much harder. And my second And you don't, going from one to two is very hard. Mm -hmm. And you went to one, from one to three. I went from one to three, yeah. That was no picnic either. No. But, you know, and then you're also like, oh my gosh, you know, I, you devote all your time to that first child. Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden you have the second child and you're like, I can't do that with the second one and I can't give the first one the attention that I was giving them before. Mm-hmm. And that guilt sets in. And that's Ugh. a very real thing. Like uh-huh. That is very real. Mm-hmm. And then all you're doing is comparing what happens with this baby to what happened with the baby mm-hmm. before that. And mm-hmm. you just get, well, something must be wrong because this baby is doing this. And mm-hmm. that's not what my first baby did. It's not what my first baby did. And it's really hard to kind of just look at it as their babies are all different. Yep going to be a whole different scenario a whole different scenario and, it, and you're right like that second baby you think oh yeah you know it's fine <laughs> i got this <laughs> i got it totally okay we yeah. can do this again yeah but i really do think that we block out the whole first like mm. month or two mm-hmm. for sure for sure i really do and i know like i i say that to people kind of jokingly i'm always like yeah that's why we have more because like <laughs> we totally block it out you mm-hmm. know it's like you just don't remember and then you get to be about like 18 months or so. And you're like, yeah, we, let's have another one. <laughs> you know, like, this is great. This is fine. And, um, <laughs> this is fine. And then you have the other one. You're like, I have parents that tell me all the time, I forgot about this. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about this sleep deprivation. Yeah. I forgot about these constant feeds. Mm-hmm. I forgot about this part. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. you just forget. You just forget. It's your body. Yeah. You're just coping. It's your mind's way of like, your brain's way of coping it out. For sure. Well, this it's has been amazing. More. Yeah. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you? What are you most passionate about? What tell us tell us where we can find you. So I can be found, um, I have a website mm-hmm. which is Diane Cassidy Consulting dot com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's Diane is two Ms and an E. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to tell people that my whole life. For mom, sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but um, I can be found that way. And I can be found with the podcast, mm-hmm. which is the badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com mm-hmm. um, website with that too. Mm-hmm. And I do hear from listeners all the time with questions and things and, you know, suggestions on podcast episodes and stuff. And I love that love when that. Um, people reach out and, you know, let us know that they, because, you know, sometimes people don't have access to a lactation person. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to be like, you know what, this is, you know kind of hand out a little bit of information here and there if somebody really wants to vent um so we can be i can be found that way i do online consults 
Mm. So I, I have, you know, done consults with people all over online. So that's always an option, too, for mamas who don't have somebody that they know or trust. Mm. I would like to do something like that. Very cool. There's where the technology is actually helpful. That's wonderful. Yeah, I know, right? And, I mean, my website has, like, my whole, because I have a whole kind of cool story on how I became lactation consultant and what kind of put me into this place and in my training. I know I touched on it a little bit, but um, it is kind of, it's definitely a cool experience. Mm. And it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to do. Mm. So. And thank goodness you're doing it. This is wonderful, Diane. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So that's it, moms. That's the last bite for today. But in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the Mama Bites website. That's M-O-M-M-A, Mama Bites website, and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram and definitely Come on by our Facebook group, The Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.